Welcome to NPI Tech Guys, your go-to radio show for cutting-edge managed IT services. Are you tired of unresponsive, slow service from your current IT provider? Discover a world where network security, data protection, and expert support come together seamlessly. Stay tuned to learn how to transform your IT experience and never worry about downtime again. Call us at 866-986-NEWS. And let's make IT great together. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow tech enthusiasts. I am Sam Bushman. Jay Harrison with me. Welcome, sir. Howdy, Sam. How's it going? It's going fantastic. And annually, Apple has a big old showboat of their new iPhones and whatever other accessories they want to kind of throw in. It's kind of an iPhone bonanza. Uh, I know there's always other products included, computers and laptops and desktops and uh, watches and, uh, you know, their TV player and all that kind of stuff. But really, it's an iPhone debut with whatever else comes along with it. Have you already ordered yours, Sam? uh, No, not yet. (laughs) But I might because there's a lot of cool stuff in it. That's what we're going to focus on today on the broadcast, ladies and gentlemen. We keep an eye on tech so you don't have to. The new i15 phone is incredible. It comes in four models. You got the basic or the standard. You got the plus. You got the pro. Then you got the pro max. And all of them have to do with different sizes and different feature capabilities. As you know, the standard one is just their normal phone. Then the uh, plus is the normal phone hardware-wise but larger screen. And then you've got the pro, which adds a bunch of features, technology, capabilities, which we'll get into. And then the pro max, which is the big version of the pro max. Subcategory to all that is the SE, which doesn't really come out at the same time and isn't really considered part of their four phone offering. It's kind of a behind the scenes. Um, you know what? Let's compete with the Androids. Let's give somebody a phone who doesn't need the latest, greatest. And so they take a technology or two previous gen, put it in the case of a regular phone, uh, and then kind of wrap it up and say, hey, here's our discount phone. And so they don't even really count it as part of the four that I mentioned at their tech updates, but it's always available, and it's about 450 bucks. And the SE is a the, pretty good deal, though, I think, for what you get deal. for it. It's an incredible deal. In fact, I think it's probably one of the best phones. I agree that if you need the feature-rich capabilities and some of the most modern tech stuff, it doesn't cut it. But it is a solid phone, uh, positioned more to compete with the Google phone device and some of the better Android phones, believe it or not. Not the best Android phones, but the better ones. So they basically take the top end of the cheap market with their SE is really the way I like to look at it. Yeah. You want a great phone that's inexpensive? That's the best phone you'll get at the price point. The rest of the phones are double. The regular iPhone 15, 800 bucks. Then it goes to the Plus. I think it's 900, then 1,000. Anyway, it gets up basically 800 to 1,500 bucks are the price of the phones based if, on what model you choose, based on what size storage you choose, uh, et cetera, Jay. If you get the iPhone Pro Max all decked out with one terabyte of memory, uh, it's about $1,600. That's the very top end. Yep, there you go. And the cheapest one, again, is the 450 SE, which doesn't quite count. And then the cheapest basic iPhone 15 is really 800 bucks. They're starting with, what, 128 uh, storage? Yes, that's right. I, and they're so unique in what they've released this time. Uh, the first question people are going to ask, besides the pricing and the general phone layouts that I've given you, 
Um, we'll talk about feature sets, but I want to talk about a couple of quick things first. Number one, they say the new i15 phone is a solid upgrade for people with old phones. And then they go into here's why. Um, you know what? You gain a lot of hardware, first of all. Every generation, you just gain much more processor, much more camera, much more. Okay, so number one, you gain that. If you're on an iPhone 14, 13, even 12, maybe not so much. But earlier than that, you're absolutely gaining uh, no matter what just by buying the 15. Um, so the, the changes that, that impact things the most are really across all these four iPhone models, Jay. Yeah, the iPhone SE comes with actually 64 gigs. Uh, the other ones start at 128. Right. So the four phones, and, and, and like I say, I single that one out because it's always even lagged behind. It doesn't even get released at the same time usually. It's still a great phone. I have um, an adult daughter who has uh, the latest iPhone SE, and she is very happy with it. Now, she upgraded from probably like an iPhone 8, I think, um, and the iPhone SE is around the baseline 13 equivalent, and she yes. loves it. She's just like super impressed with it. And she loves it. Yeah, I had an SE for the longest time, and I bounced back and forth between the SE, and then I started to try their Mini, uh, which was basically an SE with even more modern features size-wise and everything else, uh, maybe even smaller than the SE a little bit. But I don't see that they included the Mini in this generation. Well, no, that, but you've got, that's the sad thing they're not talking about, right, is that the Mini is now discontinued. There will be no more iPhone Mini. Yeah, which is what I have now, which is too bad. So now I either need to go to the SE or to the basic phone, which means my phone gets bigger, which I don't really like. But you're talking about 48-megapixel cameras. You're talking about a 16 or A16 Bionic processor. Um, the iPhone 14 are the ones that kind of first had some of those unique upgrades, Jay. That's right. Uh, the iPhone... It was the Pro last year, but now it's scaled to all the products this year, which I find fascinating. Yeah, basically your 14s... Your 14 Pros are your 15 models this year. And your 15 Pros are quite impressive. All right. This is controversial, but it's impressive, too. They have moved from their Lightning connector to a USB-C connector, which at first glance is awesome, Jay. Cue the applause. I'm very happy about it. They're also moving their... Um their headphones to the to the C connector, and I couldn't be more happy. I actually think the Lightning connector is a better, more rugged connector than the C connector, but I love the idea of everything being standard and just being on one thing. Now you can do everything with C. You know, you can you can charge laptops, you can run video signals through it. C is going to be like the one cable to rule them all, and I like it. Yes and no, and we'll get into that as the show unfolds a little bit. Um. So they moved away from the lightning connector to the to the US, or the SBC connector, but it, it's faster now too, right? This new cable, yeah, it's or about I should two say and a half this, times this faster, faster than, than lightning. The, than the lightning is, which is really important to understand. So it's an upgrade, even though it's a switch. Now the negative is all your old cables and stuff are virtually going to be worthless no. in short order, Jay. Yeah, I mean it's kind of like when you when you announce something's going to be deprecated. Yeah, Lightning. So Apple makes a one dollar off of every MFI certified Lightning cable, and they are still going to sell billions of cables over the next ten years. But in ten years from now, I would say yeah, it's going to be relegated to your junk drawer. But until then, I don't think the Lightning cable is dead by any means. It's just it just sees the writing on the wall. That's all. 
Yeah, and it all depends on how fast you upgrade, too. If you keep a lot of old phones around, it's going to be around for a long time. But they've already moved ahead with some of their laptops and some of their other things with this uh, new cable, Man, too. I um, still see... So once you catch your iPhone up, quickly, though, that's going to be eclipsed, right? I still see shelf systems, not not brand new ones, but uh, on secondhand markets and things like that. And they still have the 40-pin Apple connector from you know 12 years ago or whatever. So it, it's not. it'll be a while before lightning gets phased out. Amen. And I want to be very clear. I like the change because I think overall it's a good move. I don't like that the Brits or the UK forced this to happen. I'm not a guy that likes force. I don't believe that companies should be forced to do this. If they want to have their own proprietary cable or whatever else, they can. You look at the Teslas. They've got their own charger. Now everybody's begging to use the Tesla charger. Okay, and the other guys use a different well, charger. I'm fine with standards, but the four standards, Jay, I reject the whole notion. Interesting side note <clears throat> on the Tesla charger. Tesla open-sourced that connection, and now everybody's going to start using it. So that's actually pretty uh, recent news. But the connection, they've made the whole spec available. Uh, they've told everybody about how the communication program or protocol works. They've even made a backwards-compatible way to charge with the other uh, JR15, wherever the other standard is. I can't remember the number on it. Um, but it's going to uh, make it, they're going to open up their whole network too of charging. So if you have a super fast charger, a Tesla charger, you'll be able to use your regular car on it. Maybe with an adapter if you have an old one. But the automotive industry, it remains to see how it's going to play out. But the automotive industry is probably going to adopt Tesla's charger because in a lot of ways it's better and it's smaller and it's more convenient. There's no question about it. I don't like the force aspect of any of this, though. Now, Apple has also improved the Wi-Fi capabilities on the iPhone to support the, what they call Wi-Fi 6E, Jay. Uh, and, and that's an important change, too, because things are going to be faster and more stable from a Wi-Fi point of view with these new phones. Right. Wi-Fi, I've, I've gotten Ultra. lost in all the Wi-Fi standards. Well, you, you know, they're on 6, going to 7. Most of my stuff just is only 3 or 4. Just get the newest gear, you always have it, and you won't even have to know or care. I just like I like that they're keeping it backwards compatible with, like, you know, 802.11b. And so the, just everything works, and that's the way it should be. They also added a new ultra-wideband chip that supports better location-based services, such as Find My, uh, you know, my phone, whatever, collectively. It's a combination of individual and incremental upgrades that are pretty impressive. They don't have a wow factor to them like other features, but they're very cool, steady gains. And that's one of the benefits you get if you upgrade from one of the older phones too, some of which you might already have in the 13 and 14. It's when you're before that that you start to see significant changes under the hood or day-to-day -day that people almost take for granted right now, Jay. That's right. And there's going to be a lot of software change. We could do a whole other show, and we probably will, just on iOS 17, what's coming out and some of the new things that are going to happen. And this will be backwards compatible with your 14s, your 13s, whatever that you've got already. There's a lot of changes coming up in the software, too, that's going to make uh, some impressive gains. So are you upgrading, Jay? No, because I already have a 14 Pro Max. So it... There's some cool stuff. I mean, the iPhone 15 know, Pro Max, Jay, that's what I would do. Pro Max, buddy, is only $1,600 away, my friend. Yeah, and it's titanium, too, Sam. <laughs> it saves a gram the off thing. of it. This is a weight. whole different thing. It saves the weight a little bit, but this thing's a lot more rugged, isn't it? It saves the weight, but it's one gram. So it's just enough to say we saved some weight. But it is stronger, and it's more rugged. I like that. Uh, some of the things they did, they did away with the uh, mute switch. The dedicated mute switch is going to be an action button now that you can assign to your camera or whatever you want. There's going to be a lot of different things, shortcuts and all kinds of things that you can assign it to. That's more Android-esque kind of in a way. Um, 
<clears throat> lots of cool things that they're doing with it. Better hardware, much better um, graphic support. They're going to be able to do ray tracing and all kinds of what you'd normally see in a high-end graphics card on the uh, 15 Pro Max. All kinds of cool stuff. Amen to that. So if you have an older phone, it's worth upgrading for sure. If you have a 13, 14, I don't know if it's worth upgrading at this point, unless you've got plenty of money and you know plenty of, I don't know, willingness to do this, Jay. I don't know that it's worth it for most of us. No, I would agree. I think that, um, especially if you're at a 14 and possibly even a 13, I'd probably hold off. But if you're sitting at anything earlier than a 13, you know, if you were, I, I upgraded from the iPhone X to the X Max Plus one to the uh, 14 Pro Max. And that was a good upgrade. You know, there was, you know, whatever that was, five years in between, four years. And um, that was definitely worth it. But if you've, if you got a 14 or a 13, um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about it too much. I'd be um, patient. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Get a few I more will years say out some of your other tech. things that are interesting about this, too. My son wants a bigger phone. He loves that bigger form factor. He can see a lot better. He does a lot of IT stuff. That bigger screen really matters. But he's like, you know what? I don't need all the extra camera stuff and all the extra, you know, advances of the Pro and the Pro Max. I'm just going to get the Plus. So if you want a great phone, but you just want a bigger screen and that's your motivation, get the Plus. It's basically an iPhone 15, but a bigger screen is what you're talking about. Um, if you need some of these advanced features, they're great. I mean, they've really upgraded the cameras. They've really upgraded the processors. It's faster than ever before. They're titanium. There's a lot of good to be had in it. In fact, they're now saying that these are literally gaming consoles, Jay. Yes, they are. They're going to be compatible with, um, you know, I think they're better hardware even than the Nintendo Switch. And they're going to be trying to position these as gaming consoles. They're going to be getting more controllers that are going to be active with it and being able to share the screen and cast the screen to different things. And it, they, they would love to take over the, some of that market share from Microsoft and Sony and Nintendo as the gaming console, too. I'm going to predict. Not only would they love to, they will. They probably will. I would agree. Dude, it's like the Game Boy. I know that's a dating myself statement, but it's like the Game Boy on steroids, people. It's in your hand, it's portable, it's everywhere, and it's incredibly powerful. Now, what people are debating, though, is, yeah, they might have gaming capability hardware-wise and everything else, um, but do they really have the connectivity? In other words, is Wi-Fi really going to be fast enough to make this happen? What's the? Uh, there's some real questions left and some other technologies that, that need to come to fruition to keep up with the hardware internally, but it's a huge milestone nevertheless, Jay. Yeah, and I could see some systems... Uh, possibly porting some of their titles, but I don't think you'll see Nintendo. Nintendo has the corner on things, things like the Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom. Um, those kind of games, they people will buy Nintendo hardware just for that because it'll be exclusive to it. And I don't think Apple will be able to compete in that kind of thing unless they can come out with some other flagship thing. You know, um, Xbox has Halo franchise. I don't even know what PlayStation's <laughs> what yeah, they're called. Yeah, they have to get a big old gaming quote ecosystem behind them to really 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 shine it's not enough to have the hardware yeah because you still got to depend on everybody else you got to build that ecosystem out and that own go-to gaming of your own and that's what the other players have done and that, that's you know exactly Apple's right poised to be able to do that though jay they could they could the money, microsoft the time the infrastructure will they do it microsoft had a halo and then they bought um from mojang they bought minecraft and that's also been one of their biggest sales it probably even eclipsed halo minecraft is the number one biggest game ever in the history of gaming so um yeah maybe apple would we'll make see. a move like that 
Well, and then they also could back into kind of TV, too, because at some point you take the TV, Apple TV, and you say, what if my phone just becomes the Apple TV and I start casting everywhere pretty soon? Do I even need a TV or is everybody's phone the Apple TV device? Exactly. And there's some real questions about how this is all going to morph and change and what infrastructure is going to be behind it, etc. I've got one more piece um, on this phone stuff. We talked about the cable, the pluses and minuses to plugging in your new iPhone with the um, USB-C cable. And that's this. You got to be very careful because all cables are not the same. You've got to get a cable that supports the power. Okay. Because there's chips in the right cables. Okay. There's two main chips in the cable folks. Okay. And the two chips, one of them authenticates as a legitimate or verified cable. In other words, the, the cables made by Apple and the other one acts as a fuselage or a, a, an isolator to protect the charger. And a lot of times, if you're not very careful in what cables you buy, you could buy the wrong cables and really cause serious problems. That's exactly so, right. Jay, this is something that's really important to know. And I'm not saying I, this is a bad move. I'm saying it's a risky move if you're not an IT guy or if you don't realize you can't go buy a $5 cable and think you're good because you won't be. Or a $1 cable, exactly. And I well, think Apple point. is going to continue to do their MFI certification. They're just going to do it for USB-C cables and people who want to know, hey, is this cable really going to be good? Is it going to be standard with mine? And after a few people burn up their iPhone or cause a fire or something, everybody will just buy and pay that extra dollar to buy an MFI certified USB-C USB-C cable by Apple. Now, you can't see that the cables are different either. They just look like a cable. You can't no. know. you got to buy the ones that are certified. Okay? And what happens is that it'll it'll attack the charger if, if there's a surge or a problem with the electricity and protect the phone. That's what one of these chips does. Okay? So, anyway, I just want people to understand it's great the new cable. The it's phone. great the new standard. I'm not excited about the forced part about this, but I will say... It's going to make life great for people, but you got to remember, you got to buy good quality cables. They don't necessarily have to be an Apple cable, I don't think, but they can't be a cheap cable without these protections and without these chips in them. Now, that all being said, the phone is going to be intelligent enough to look for that communication with a chip, and if it's not there, the phone's going to ramp down the charging to a very low, safe, probably 5 watts or so, uh, maybe 7.5 watts. It's not going to try to fast charge on a cable that it doesn't trust, and, and it'll still meet the compatibility because... You know, Europe says, hey, you got to be USB-C, and they'll say, well, we are, and you can charge with any cable. It might be slow, but you can charge with any cable. But I think Apple's going to protect their phones. They're not going to allow much of that. And so I don't think you're going to see too much of, like, your phone catching fire kind of stuff, like I said earlier. But um, but I still agree with you. I Don't cheap out on your cable. Don't buy a dollar store USB-C cable. But if you get a surge, though, the protection won't be there either. These chips provide. So it's kind of right. like plugging in something to the wall without a surge protector idea. Exactly. There's a built-in surge protector in the cable, so to speak. Now, I know that's a crude language. Don't call me as a tech guy and say, Sam, it's not just a surge protector. It's I know. I'm just trying to put it on the kitchen table where people get it. You lose functionality in addition to a, a cheap cable, and you put your phone, your very expensive $1,600 device, uh, kind of at risk. So be very careful is my point. So it's a great news, but understand that caveat. We keep an eye on tech so you don't have to. And thank you for listening to Tech Watch Radio.